Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi ta'ala wa barakatuh. La ilaha illallah sayyidina Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa Allah. 
ইয়াহিন يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله وخير الهدي هدي سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه واله وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اعاذنا الله واياكم منها اجمعين dear brothers and sisters as many or most of you may know your brother was a musafir a traveler a traveler for a couple of weeks and alhamdulillahi ala salama all praises due to allah for a safe return in the arabic language the word for travel is safar and safar coming from the root letters of seen fa and ra indicate exposure in arabic the word sufur is when something is uncovered when a veil is removed that is called sufur sufur is unveiling and the reason why travel in arabic is called safar is because travel exposes one it exposes them to the elements it exposes them to oftentimes unfamiliar environments travel exposes one to new experiences and it may also expose them to difficulties and challenges travel is rarely easy in the hadith of abu huraira radiyallahu anhu recorded by imam al bukhari and muslim The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said as-safaru qit'atun min al-'adhab yamna'u ahadakum ta'amahu wa sharabahu wa nawmahu fa idha qada ahadukum nahmatahu min safari falyu'ajjil ila ahlihi The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam said the travel is a qit'ah it's a portion it's a shard it's a piece of torment it prevents one from their food and their drink and their sleep 
So when one of you fulfills his need in a journey, he said, let him hasten to return to his family. Travel exposes us to those challenges. It prevents us from our normal food, our normal drink, the food and drink we're accustomed to day in and day out. And as you all know, especially with airline travel, traveling across vast distances, across multiple time zones, travel also disrupts your sleep. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ says, when you have fulfilled your need from the journey, let that person hasten to return to their family. So alhamdulillahi ala salama. Alhamdulillahi, all praise is due to Allah for well-being and returning safely to family and to friends and to community. In the Qur'an, dear brothers and sisters, Allah Ta'ala instructs us to journey through the earth. He addresses humanity in general, telling them to travel through the earth using the word sayr, which is another word for travel of venturing through the earth. And in almost every reference in the Qur'an to that journey, it is linked with reflection. In the Qur'an, Allah Ta'ala says time and time again, فَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ So travel through the earth. And in almost every instance in the Qur'an, it is linked with traveling through the earth, traveling across the world, to reflect on the fate of the bygone nations, those people and nations that are no longer on earth. As Allah Ta'ala says, فَسِيرُوا فِي الْأَرْضِ فَانْظُرُوا كَيْفَ كَانَ عَاقِبَةُ الْمُكَذِّبِينَ So travel through the earth and see what was the end result of those people who denied the truth. Now our Prophet the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam, he is the beacon of guidance. And he guided us on what we should say as we leave our homes, whether it is for a trip through the neighborhood or in our city or a journey. He guided us on what we should say when we leave our homes. He guided us on what we should say as we embark on a mode of transportation. And he guided us on what we should say as we undertake a journey. These du'as, dear brothers and sisters, contain very powerful lessons, very powerful reminders about Allah's power, about Allah's oneness and the state that we should have as we travel. The Prophet ﷺ instructed us that when we leave our homes, we should say, Bismillah, tawakkaltu ala Allah, wa la hawla wa la quwwata illa billah. You should say when leaving your home, in the name of Allah, I leave my home. And I place my trust in Allah, and there is no might or power except by Allah. That's the dua we say every single day when we leave our home, ideally. Then we have the dua that we say when we get in a car or get on a train or a plane or any other mode of transport. The dua of travel, which is the way we seek Allah's blessings and protection 
and guidance during the journey, where we ask for a successful journey and thank Him for the ability to use various modes of transportation. The Prophet ﷺ instructed us when we get on a mode of transport to say Bismillah, Alhamdulillah, and then to recite the ayah in Surah Zukhruf where Allah Ta'ala says, Subhanalladhi sakhara lana hadha wa ma kunna lahu muqrineen wa inna ila rabbina lamunqalibun. The ayah in Surah Zukhruf we are to recite means glorified, exalted, beyond all imperfections is the one, Allah, who has subjected this to us, this mode of transport, this animal, this car, this vehicle, this plane, whatever it may be. Glorified is the one who subjected this to us and we were not capable of doing so on our own. Indeed, to our Lord we shall return. This is the dua we make when we get in a car. And this dua is an expression of gratitude to Allah Ta'ala for granting us as human beings blessings and the ability to utilize various means of transportation. And by reciting this ayah, we are acknowledging as well our ultimate destination, which is our return to Him subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala mentions in the Quran, وَإِنَّ إِلَىٰ رَبِّكَ الْمُنْتَهَىٰ To your Lord is the ultimate destination. In another dua, the longer version of the dua is the dua we say when we go on a journey, the long journey in which you may shorten your prayers, the actual safar. And that is when one recites this verse and then they recite a longer dua that we received from the Prophet And I want to reflect on this dua because it has lessons for us whether we are traveling or resident. It doesn't matter. It has timeless lessons for us. When we undertake a journey, we say, Allahumma inna nas'aluka fi safarina hadha al-birra wa taqwa O Allah, we ask you for righteousness and piety during this journey of ours. وَمِنَ الْعَمَلِ مَا تَرْضَى And we ask for deeds that are pleasing to you. اللَّهُمَّ هَوِّنْ عَلَيْنَا سَفَرَنَا هَذَا وَطْوِعَنَّا بُعْدَى O Allah, make this journey easy for us and shorten its distance. Make it seem shorter than it really is. اللهم أنت الصاحب في السفر والخليفة في الأهل O Allah, you are our companion during the journey and the guardian of our family that we leave behind. And then we say اللهم إني أعوذ بك من وعثاء السفر O Allah I seek refuge in you from the fatigue of travel. And I seek refuge in you from seeing unpleasant sights. 
وَسُوءِ munqalab, And I seek refuge in you from a bad outcome فِي الْمَالِ وَالْأَهْلِ وَالْوَلَدِ I seek refuge in you from a bad outcome concerning my wealth, my family, and my offspring. This is the dua that we make when we go on journeys, dear brothers and sisters. And if you haven't memorized it, you should have it on hand when you go on a trip. Let us reflect a little bit on this dua, because as I said, it has lessons for us, whether we're traveling or resident. We say in this dua, asking Allah to Make this journey easy for us and shorten its distance. Make what is long seem short and make what is difficult easy for us. And then we say, Allahumma anta sahibu fi safar. We are saying, Oh Allah, you are our companion during the journey. You are the one who cares for us regardless of our planning. Whether we plan the trip well or not, you're still our travel companion. You are the one who guides us. You are the one who protects us during our trip. When you think about a road trip that you may take, what's the best thing you can bring along? It's not chips. It's not snacks. The best thing you can bring along on a trip is a trustworthy and reliable travel buddy travel companion. And that's among human beings. But in this dua, we are expressing, Allahumma anta sahibu fi safar. You are my travel companion. To keep me company, to protect me, to make this trip easier, to guide me. So this is an expression of trust in Allah Ta'ala. And then we say, wal khalifatu fil ahl. The khalifa, the Khalifa is the one who looks after something in the absence of someone else. That's why we call the first Khalifa the Khalifa of the Prophet Sayyiduna Abu Bakr. He is the first Khalifa because he is tending to the Ummah in the physical absence of the Prophet after his passing. So every rightful Khalifa is called a Khalifa because they are a representative of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa But here we are saying to Allah that He is the Khalifa of our family. Meaning He is the one who is looking after our wife, our children, our loved ones in our absence. This means you, O oh Allah, are the one we trust and in whom we place our hopes, and it is unto you that we entrust our family and loved ones that we can't be around during this journey. After that, we seek refuge. We seek protection from Allah Ta'ala by saying, we seek refuge in you, O Allah, min is safar from the fatigue of travel. Wa'atha means ardor and difficulty. And as we said, travel is an exposure to difficulties. And no matter how luxurious your trip is, it's never going to be without fatigue. You can have a five-star hotel booked for you on the other side. But if you're traveling halfway around the world, you're still going to be tired. You could be in a one-star or five-star, you're still going to have jet lag. You're still going to be 
disrupted in your sleep schedule. You're still going to be dealing with the elements and the fatigue of travel. So we're asking Allah for, for protection to make it easy for us to endure those difficulties that come with travel. And then we say, we seek refuge in you from unpleasant sights. We're asking Allah to protect us from the unpleasant things that we might get exposed to during our journey. To scenes that are not pleasant, to bad experiences, difficult experiences, accidents, the bad manners of other people that we may be exposed to, that we might, might not otherwise be exposed to while resident. Travel takes all of us out of our comfort zones, and we tend to see things that we don't normally see. So we ask Allah to protect us from being exposed to those things during the travel that would cause us great difficulty even upon our return. And then we say, we seek refuge in you, O Allah, from su'il munqalib, from a bad outcome in wealth, in family, and in offspring. Munqalab comes from the word qalb, which means to turn. And here it refers to states changing to the worst while we're away. It's one thing to deal with problems that pop up in your life when you're physically there to fix them, or at least attempt to fix them. But when you have problems popping up in your life with your family, with your job, with other people, and you're on the other side of the world, and you can't really address them, that adds to the stress because there's a helplessness because you're so far away. So you seek refuge in Allah from Su'il Munqalab that when you return, things have not turned for the worst in your absence. This is the dua that we make dear brothers and sisters, when we go on a journey. And in that same hadith, the Prophet ﷺ said that when one returns to their home, they are to say the exact same dua, but at the end of the dua, they add something else. As they're making their return trip, they make the same dua, and then at the end, they say, Ayibun ta'ibun abidun lirabbina hamidun. They mention four phrases. Ayibun, meaning we are returning with goodness. Raji'una bil khayri wal baraka. And we return ta'ibun in a state of repenting and turning to Allah, asking for forgiveness. And abidun, we return in a state of sincere worship of Him, subhanahu wa ta'ala. لِرَبِّنَا حَامِدُونَ And we return praising our Lord for the blessings of the trip, for protection, and for the ability to return home safe and sound, insha'Allah ta'ala. Dear brothers and sisters, the beauty of this prophetic dua that we are to say when traveling is that its meanings apply to every single one of us, whether we are traveling or whether we are staying home. Whether you are musafir or hadir, traveling or resident, these meanings still apply to each and every one of us. Whether we go out on a journey or stay home, 
Ultimately, these meanings apply because no matter where we are, we're still on a journey, a journey to the akhirah, a journey to the hereafter for all of us. We're all traveling, even if we're perfectly still, traveling to the hereafter, our ultimate destination, whether we leave our homes or travel. So we ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to grant us that realization that no matter where we are, no matter what conditions we're in, we are all musafirun in one way or another. We're all travelers in one way or another, as the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa says in the hadith, Kun fid dunya ka'annaka gharib aw'abiru sabil. May Allah make us realize travelers in the path to the akhirah. Ameen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Wa sallallahu wa sallam wa barak ala sayyidina Muhammadin wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa sallam wa ba'd. Alhamdulillahi ala salama. Alhamdulillah, I praise and I thank Allah who honored me and several others out of his infinite grace and mercy and not due to any inherent goodness in myself or others, surely out of his grace and mercy, solely from his mercy, honored us to journey to Mecca and Medina to visit the Holy Prophet wasallam and to pray at his illumined masjid and to perform the umrah to his sacred house. Now it is widely recognized that there is a very palpable, discernible difference between the state of Medina and the state of Mecca. There's a kind of polarity between Mecca and Medina. And this polarity has been recognized across history. It's widely known that the city of Medina is that city of Jamal, of great beauty, of great tranquility, of great ease, while Mecca is a place of Jalal. It is a place of majesty. It is a place of rigor. That is true for Medina and Mecca. Medina as a city of Jamal, beauty, and Mecca as a city of Jalal, of rigor and majesty. That is true. However, many of the ulama across history have drawn our attention to a very important point. And that is within Jamal, within beauty, there is the seed of rigor and majesty. Within the Jamal, there is the seed of Jalal. And within the Jalal, the majesty and rigor, there is the seed of Jamal. There is beauty inherent in it as well. And we see that when we look at Mecca and Medina. Medina, Madinatul Munawwara, the city of the Prophet, the illumined city of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alayhi wa sallam, Madinatul Jamal, wa ma fawqaha Jamal fi dunya That city of great beauty has also faced crisis. That city of beauty has also faced war and blockades. It has also faced famine. 
It has faced massacres. So it has also experienced Jalal from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that city of Mecca, that city of Jalal, is also a place of great beauty. It being the site of the first house consecrated and dedicated to the worship of Allah alone. It is that city in which the Messenger of Allah وسلم, was born. It is the city of abundance, khayrat and barakat, abundant goodness and plenitude from Allah since the time of Ibrahim in answer to his dua. So in that city of Jalal, there's also Jamal. And in Medina, the city of Jamal, of beauty, is also Jalal. And the greater lesson we derive from this, brothers and sisters, is that in that polarity of Medinan beauty and Meccan rigor, is that our individual lives are also filled with moments of beauty and moments of rigor. Our individual lives, no matter who we are, our lives that have in them Jamal, beauty, and Jalal. We experience both of these in our lives. And the true Abdullah, the true servant of Allah, is the one who recognizes that the Jalal, the rigor, the toughness, and the Jamal, the beauty, are from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They're all from Allah ta'ala. And when you experience Jamal beauty and you experience Jalal, you receive disclosures, experiences that enable you to better understand what this is all about and why I'm here and what I should be doing. So from Medina, that city of beauty, we learn the lessons of love and sacrifice. We learn the importance of having adab towards the Prophet sallallahu we learn to really make an effort to carry his message and to spread his light to these lands and to really live his teachings beyond nice words, beyond platitudes, to, to really try to live them. From the rawda, the rawda, that piece of Jannah real estate in this world, between his house and his minbar, and in one narration between his house and his musalla, that piece of Jannah real estate on earth, we learn from that that there is a piece of Jannah on earth, and that piece of Jannah on earth is in proximity to the Prophet And that means for us, more broadly speaking, that the only way to Jannah in the hereafter, in the Akhirah, proximity to the Prophet ﷺ is required. Proximity to him, spiritually speaking, wherever we may be, in carrying his light, in living his message, in bearing his sunnah, living his akhlaq, his character, in word, in deed, in character. From Mount Uhud, we learn that following the commands of the Prophet ﷺ are imperative. And that going against his commands, we will always be in a state of loss. 
those who obeyed the Prophet ﷺ when he commanded them to remain steadfast, among those on Jabal al-Rumat, the archer's mount, out of 50, 40 of them came down the mountain. And only 10 remained steadfast. We, dear brothers and sisters, have to be like those 10. And we have to find in our individual lives our own archer's mount. Where is that archer's mount in our life that we have to climb and stay on and never come down until further notice? That's what we have to do. And that final notice to come down our own individual archer's mount, that final notice is death. وَعْبُدْ رَبَّكَ حَتَّى يَأْتِيَكَ الْيَقِينَ Worship your Lord until death comes to you. That is the reality. And from the tawaf in Mecca, we learn that Allah Ta'ala must be our maqsad. He must be our objective and our goal and our purpose in life and nothing else. لا إله إلا الله لا مقصود إلا الله لا مطلوب لذاته إلا الله Nothing is to be sought in and of itself except God Almighty. That is the reality of the shahada. Everything else in life is a means or should be a means to drawing nearer to Allah Ta'ala. If we make tawaf not around the Kaaba, but if we make the proverbial metaphorical tawaf around our work or our families, our job, our money, our desires, our material possessions, then we'll be at loss as well. And from the Sa'i, between Safa and Marwa, we learn the importance of tawakkul, of trusting in Allah Ta'ala, and moving back and forth in our life between fear and hope. Fear of Allah's punishment, so we do the right thing, while also having hope in His mercy and forgiveness. فَالْحَمْدُ السَّلَامَةِ Arriving back home does not mean an arrival in the truest sense of the word. Because true arrival, as we said, is to the hereafter. As the Prophet ﷺ told us, كُنْ فِي الدُّنْيَا كَأَنَّكَ غَرِيبَ أَوْ Be in this world as though you are a stranger or a traveler. Dear brothers and sisters, we continue that journey, no matter who we are. And as we continue that journey, we recognize that some among us have gone ahead in that journey. مِنْهُمْ مَنْ قَضَى نَحْبَهُ وَمِنْهُمْ مَنْ يَنْتَظِرُ There are some among us who have fulfilled that. And there are others among us who are still waiting. And among those who have journeyed on is our dear, beloved sister Kawkab, rahmatullahi alayha. She continued on in that journey and her sudden passing reached us as we were standing outside of the Masjid of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa alihi wa sallam. In that place of Jamal, we receive news of Jalal. But that's the reality of life. Within beauty, there's the majesty and rigor. And within the rigor, there's also the beauty. So in being such a sacred space, there was an opportunity. An opportunity to be in that blessed place, to make dua that is, inshallah, mustajab. 
dua that is answered, in us praying that Allah has mercy on her, in praying that Allah gives her loved ones and her family, in the entire community, patience and solace in their grief. And we took that opportunity, alhamdulillah. We took that opportunity in the tawaf, making the tawaf, making dua for her. We took that opportunity in the sa'i as well, making dua for her. So we ask Allah Ta'ala to envelop her in mercy and to make her grave a rawdah from the riyadh of Jannah, a garden from the gardens of paradise, and to give her family and loved ones in the entire community solace and ease and make her contribution an enduring reward for her in the hereafter. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد عبدك ورسولك النبي الرمي وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم تسليما كثيرا بقدر عظمة ذاتك في كل وقت وحين سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يصفون وسلام على المرسلين والحمد لله رب العالمين وقوموا إلى صلاتكم يرحمكم الله